It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. This will be really, really terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I'm learning and thinking about lately, and I will typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. That's P-H-O-N-E-S-I-T-E-S dot com forward slash B-R-I-A-N, phonesites.com forward slash Brian. I've been thinking about the topic of giving lately. Many people who have been on my show have talked not only about how much it helps other people, but it helps themselves as well. There's something supernatural about giving to others. Many people think giving is all about money, but that's not necessarily true. Giving can be about offering resources and connections, referrals, but most importantly, giving can be about time. Think about that for a minute. Time is the one resource we can't ever get more of once it's spent. We can always make more money. We can always meet new people to help us, but the time we spend with others shows how much we care about one another. I'm always so thankful when the people who are important to me give me their time when I need it. And by the same token, I'm always glad to give my time when the important people in my life need it. So let me ask you this. Who can you give to this week to make a difference in someone's life? Once you identify that person, give. You will be so glad you did. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. My guest this week is Anik Singal. He's been on the show before, and he is back. Let me tell you about him. He's the founder and CEO of Learn, Inc. He's widely considered in the industry as one of today's most successful digital publishing marketers. His specialties include profit-generating product launches, building backends and funnels, article marketing, search engine optimization, affiliate marketing, and business management consulting. Business Week recognized him in the top three of the best U.S. entrepreneurs under 25. He's an Inc. 500 CEO, listed twice among the fastest-growing companies in America. While his direct influence has now led to over $200 million worth of digital product sales, his true success is helping others reach their own dreams of achieving financial freedom. He's the author of the book Escape, as well as his new book called The Silent Salesman, How He Sold a Quarter Billion Dollars Using This Five-Step Copywriting Formula. We have a lot to talk about, so here we go with my very special guest, Anik Singal. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. Thank you very much for having me. Great to be back. Yes, it's great to have you back, too. So for those who did not hear our first episode together, I'd love to hear about your background, but here's how I want to frame the question. Did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are now? <laughs> not at all. So when I, early in my life, growing up all the way through high school, um, I was going to be a doctor. 
I mean, that was, you know, what I was said to be. And mostly because, uh, you know, I'm of, of Indian descent from the country, India. And uh, I don't know, if you look around hospitals here in the U.S., you see a lot of Indian people that are doctors. And so right. in our community, that was the profession that got the most respect and made the most money. And that's what I grew up looking at. And so not at all, not at all. And, and you know, I hats off. Um, mm-hmm. to every single person in the medical profession right now. And um, I have lots of doctors in the family, but no, entrepreneur, yeah. doing my own thing. No, not at all. No. Was there family pressure to join a profession that was perceived to be lucrative? You know, I wouldn't know. I definitely wouldn't say there was pressure. I think that um, from a very young age, I kind of said I wanted to be a doctor. And I think my parents were very proud of that. So yeah. Um, I was definitely petrified when I decided in college that I wanted to leave that, um, especially because I was in such a perfect, amazing program, full scholarship, all that stuff. Yeah. And one day I just, you know, want to tell my parents I, I don't like it. I don't want to do this because it doesn't make me happy. Um, I was petrified. But uh, let me tell you, man, I, it was the scariest drive home from college to set that meeting with my mom and dad. And they were just amazing. I mean, they were super supportive, didn't agree with me, and they were open about that. But they said, it's your life. We'll do whatever you want, support you 100%. Yeah. So, no, nah, I wouldn't say – I think there's a certain social pressure that goes with just the ethnicity of where I am, but definitely yeah. not from my parents. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad that you had a good experience with that. So you decided to become an entrepreneur. What was your first entrepreneurial experience like? Oh my God. Depends how far back we want to go. So third, you know, third grade when I had my lemonade stand. Um, But, uh, but you know, I joke about that, but that was actually a really, really monumentous moment because I think back and I remember it, I was a third grader with a lemonade stand that hired a bunch of second graders to run the lemonade stand. That's smart. (laughs) And I was inside watching cartoons, you know? And, um, so you can kind of tell that creative side was there. The business side was there for a long time in high school. I was bored and I ended up accidentally launching a business, um, because I called the local newspaper and wanted to find out what the ad would cost. And that's it. I just left it at that, but they ended up printing the ad. Next thing Mm. I know, my buddy's house is getting phone calls for computer repair. Um, Mm. and his mom was very unhappy. So our business shut down very quickly. Um, and so really in college, when I made my first, you know, when I when I switched over to becoming an entrepreneur, um, I think part of the reason I, I, I thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur was while I was studying pre-medicine, I joined a company and became an independent contractor, financial planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of scary that uh, you can be 18 and pretty much broke and be a financial planner in this country, but I was. Right. And fortunately, I was good. And, and I thought that the part of the job I was loving was the financial planning, right? I thought I loved annuities and mutual funds and sitting down with clients. And so I sw- when I switched programs and I switched universities, I went from you know, studying pre-medicine at one university to switching over to the business school to study finance. And sure, you know, within about two weeks of being in financial classes, I wanted to pull my hair out and I realized I hated that too. And now I'm petrified yeah. thinking I want to be a dropout living in my parents' basement Mm-hmm. Long story short, years later, I found out what I loved was sales. What I loved about being an independent financial con- uh, planner was sitting across the dinner table with someone and, and and talking to them and you know essentially you know putting them into the right programs and earning that commission and seeing that yeah. check from that. After that, when I switched universities and I was you know the financial planning side started to feel like much of a job and I I just found my way, Brian, somehow yeah. into the world of internet marketing. I was from Googling something or the other, and I found my way to this forum, and this forum talked about this idea of selling digital products, information products. 
I was yeah. a college student spending thousands a year on textbooks. The idea of selling information made sense to me. Yeah. And from there, I just started trying things. And boy, did I fail, man. For 18 months, I worked so hard. But that was my first dip into, I like to say, true entrepreneurship, true business, was when I started looking into the internet. Wow, that's amazing. And because you stuck it out, even after 18 months of failure, that might be one of many reasons why people just don't even start because they are afraid to fail or they're afraid of looking ridiculous in front of their family and friends. It's so true. And I always think back, how did I survive that? Why did I survive it? Because throughout that period of time, some huge opportunities came my way. So first of all, I had done very well as a financial planner. So even though I left, I had done pretty well. And that was an avenue and a door that was still open. Um, at the same time, through a series of fluke uh, incidents, it leaked out at my university that here was this college student managing over $15 million under portfolio with his series test done. And so Morgan Stanley, Charles Schwab, and J.P. Morgan catch on to that and get very interested in me independently. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I start getting job offers from all of them to be an investment banker in New York. Now, let me tell you, when you're a finance student at a university, undergraduate, and you start getting investment banking job offers in New York from the top three, yeah. you, you that is it. You're supposed to jump, run. You are not supposed to think. I had all these opportunities coming down my pipeline, yet I wasn't saying yes to them, and I was failing left and right trying to start my online business, and I'm surprised. I, I think back, and I can tell you I genuinely think the only reason I survived it is because I was inundated and infatuated and was truly enjoying the journey. I think I was enjoying the thing, things I was learning. Maybe I was at subconscious level seeing that with every failure I was getting closer to a success. But um, I do remember enjoying it. I mean, it was hard work. I would go to class, full docket, go yeah. do financial planning, come back home around 9, 9.30 at night, study until midnight, and then start my internet business stuff for three hours, sleep for four Start the day again. I mean, I was wow. full docket. So doing that 18 months and not seeing a penny from it, you, you can imagine wow. it gets it's a little bit hard. Absolutely. Well, there's something to be said for following your heart. So that's really fantastic. We've got a couple of minutes uh, before our first break. At one point, you had started a business and you ended up in a lot of debt. How'd that happen? <laughs> How'd you find your way out? Yeah, it's crazy. It's very fitting to today's market and today's time. It was uh, 2008 when the market collapsed. Um, you know, I decided that was the right time to start something completely new when I had a system that was working so well and I had a model and, and um, man, it just, I, I don't know, I was just blinded, I, overconfident, I don't know what it was. And um, everything I did, my burn rate went up, I had almost 100 employees all over the world, three offices, and next thing I knew, I'm just burning money. Um, and uh, I fell $1.7 million in debt. Um, it was just insane. And I, it took me a while to catch on to it. I, it took me a moment of like I had moment crossed the you know, crossed the ability to return from that. I owed everybody. My parents had to put their whole home on mortgage for me. Uh, wow. It's one of the most painful things to talk about till this very day. But I talk about it because I want to make sure it's never forgotten. And um, I fell into it because again I had a system, a model, something I was very good at that was working. I was making millions and. I decided I wanted to completely abandon it for no reason just because I was bored and do something completely different, and I lost everything and then some. Um, And then thankfully, I returned back to the systems. I returned back to the simplicity of the system. I paid back my $1.7 million in debt in 16 months and uh, was whole. And ever since then, never looked back. I've been doing great. And even in this market and this economy crashing right now, the business is doing great. Won't turn away from the things that work. 
That is absolutely fantastic. Well, you certainly must have found a formula that worked for you. And we will come back after the break. You have a brand new book. We talked about your book, Escape, the last time you were here. Get that because it's really good. This one is really amazing. I've read this and it makes a lot of sense. It's called The Silent Salesman, How He Sold a Quarter Billion Dollars Using this five-step copywriting formula. If copywriting is mysterious to you, you will want to listen because he unravels the mysteries of copywriting. It is not the same style of writing that you would do to write your paper at school or to write your romance novel or even to write your own business book. It's a completely different style of writing altogether. And we will explore all of that in earnest when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will write back on the other side. Stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Onyx Singal. We're going to talk about his book very shortly. If you've not picked up my last book, it is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2, featuring Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell, Dan Locke, among many others, and our esteemed guest today, Onyx Singal. His first conversation with me was included in that book, too, the 99th sent version is on Kindle. Get it. I mean, why would you not? It's it's awesome. Lots of great advice from world-class high achievers where we talked about how to succeed, what to overcome, and lessons we can learn along the way. So, Anik, I want to ask you, you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. What do you think are the most critical skills necessary to succeed? Uh, that's a loaded question. All right, let's do this. I got to like yeah. take a deep breath in and then let's see. So, it's funny, you know, I'm always evaluating this question all the time. And I think that throughout my whole career as an entrepreneur, I believe the answer will always keep, keep evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. For now, I really believe that – okay, so I'm going to give a little story for this one just because it will make sure. sense. I was, on, uh, a, I was on a chat this morning with a couple of business partners, and um, you know, I've found this to be common with a lot of other places and a lot of other business partners and, and people I talk to. And one thing I've come to learn is uh, people relate entrepreneurship to ideas yeah. and just, you know, idea, idea, idea. And I think one of the strongest action, st- strongest set points I have, strongest skills I have is I'm execution driven. I'm very focus driven. Ex- ideas are only as good as they are when they're executed. So 
I know it sounds very hootie patootie, but if you're listening, you need to really ask yourself, are you the person that just loves to excel things and then find the next shiny object and run off? Or are you the person that gets an idea, immediately starts to break it down into actionable steps that you can execute? Because I cannot tell you how important that is. I think it's one of the biggest differentiators between me and many in this industry and my success is because I just I am an absolute ruthless um, action taker. Yeah. And number two, binge learning. I, I specifically use the terms binge learning. I am I'm a I'm a sponge. If I want to learn something, I don't give myself four months to go take a certification class in it. I give myself four days. Yeah. And I in those four days become obsessed. I mean, every podcast on the topic, every YouTube video on the topic, I get books on the topic. I I pay consultants. I but I never hire a single person to help me until I have spent days, if not at least a week or two, learning and researching and understanding and watching a plethora of content. So that when I get on the phone with someone who's a consultant, I ask really good questions. But I'm telling you, I'm constantly Constantly learning and mastering new skills. It's just something you have to do if you're an entrepreneur. And you can look at any of the top most successful entrepreneurs. Warren Buffett, till this day, reads five hours a day. Yeah, you that's have to amazing. Consume. Yeah, you have to. In fact, I interviewed Joe Itali earlier today, and we talked about taking action and getting ideas. And I asked him, do you think the universe rewards people who take action quickly with better ideas and more ideas more often? Is it a muscle that you're building? He says, absolutely. That's exactly how it works. Yep, 100%. So, yeah, 100%. I love that. So what is your big why? My big why is um, I have two of them. So I have what I call my for-profit why and I have my non-profit why. My big for-profit why is you can see it right now. And it's like I've been saying it and saying it and it's happening in the world at this very current time. The government is not going to solve our problems. It's not going to help us as a humanity. They are not going to – they're not capable. It's not no, – I'm not getting controversial or getting against the government. It's just – it's right. entrepreneurs. You know, mm-hmm. right now we have this this vicious virus going around and there's so many bad things. Well, guess who's going to discover the vaccine or the cure, or the treatment? It's going to be at the heart someone who functions uh, with the principles of an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so I want to help rise up over a million entrepreneurs through the work we do at Learn and create a community that is literally a virtual and a physical home for entrepreneurs where we feel connected, where we feel we can talk to one another, where we feel like we can truly support each other. Entrepreneurs don't have that. So to to build a, a true home for entrepreneurs that serves a million worldwide entrepreneurs. That is my for-profit big why. And it truly is something I wake up every morning because I have enough money. I've made a lot of money and I know how to make money. Money is not enough at all at this point. My nonprofit why is my wife and I also, we run our own foundation. We have the Singal Foundation and we help build schools for children who live in the slums. We're building a hospital right now for a village in India that doesn't have access and people die every day because it's the closest hospital is an hour and a half away. We adopt villages in East Africa where we microfund businesses there. So we want to help rise up a million children is what we say, but that might evolve now to just a million people through the power of empowerment. So not giving. I don't like giving. I did a TEDx talk where I said giving is useless, but I like empowering. So I demand a return on my nonprofit investment. So the schools that we build, it's a one-time $45,000 donation. Those schools are self-sufficient. They actually generate profit that they then use to build more schools. So a very different incubating style of nonprofit approach. So those are the two. You know, It's a million each, million entrepreneurs and a million people that are empowered out of extreme poverty. Um, but they're empowered out of it, not given out of it. That is absolutely amazing. So let's talk about your book. It's called The Silent Salesman, How He Sold a Quarter Billion Dollars Using This Five-Step Copywriting Formula. So why did you write this? Yeah, you know, um, I wrote this book because – 
So I have having taught so many entrepreneurs and having taught so many, um, especially beginners, I call them, I call them dreamers, but not dreamers in the political sense, but dreamers who are out there, they have jobs. A lot of the students we work with, you know, they're okay. They make good money. They do well, but they're in their forties or whatever, you know, forties, fifties, late thirties. And they're realizing, uh Oh, this isn't what I want to do the rest of my life. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not happy. And so they turn to the internet and they turn to the journey of starting a business. And the next thing they start looking for is give me the system. Give me the clicks. Where do I click? What do I do? You know, and mm-hmm. it's such a wrong approach because mm-hmm. that's not what being an entrepreneur is about at all. And so I look mm-hmm. back at my own journey. There's one skill that I was the least qualified or the least likely to succeed in that I ended up succeeding in. And it's the reason that I can say today I have all the wealth that I do. And it's the reason that I can so arrogantly also say, I ain't ever going to be broke. I don't care what the economy is doing. I don't care what's going on in my business or any business. I will never be broke. And that is the skill of being able to influence. That is the mm-hmm. skill of understanding consumer psychology, buyer behavior, and the, the way the human mind communicates. I translate that knowledge into what I call copywriting. Copywriting, you know, is a word that scares people. And it scares people because they think you have to be a fancy writer. So I'm just going to get to the point real quick and give you one little snapshot of why I was the least likely person ever to become one of the top copywriters or top paid copywriters in the world. The When I was in high school, total overachiever. I'd stay up till three in the morning, work hard. I told you I wanted to go to med school. I wanted a full scholarship. I wasn't that smart. Never been the smartest in the room, but you'll never outwork me. I've always been the hardest worker in the room. And so I I would do whatever needed to be done. I had straight A's. Forget that. A minus was like a, was like a poison. I had A right. pluses across the board until junior year, third year of high school, I hit my AP writing, English writing class, my first ever D minus. Wow. I was hor- horrible. My first paper I submitted, the teacher came back and said, what is this? I was a horrific writer. And I, and you know what? I tried to get that grade up. I, I worked with the teacher every day. I drove her mad. I drove her crazy. And it wasn't because I wanted to learn to write. I just wanted a better grade. I didn't care right. for writing. I thought the only thing I'm ever going to write in my life is a prescription pad. You know, I don't care. And writers are poets and writers are novelists. Who cares? Who No one reads. And, you know, that was my, my attitude towards writing was completely contorted. And so the teacher was so frustrated with me. I actually distinctly remember the one time she, she was so frustrated. She came to me and said, do me a favor. Don't ever write for a living. This is literally what she said to me. Can you imagine a teacher? And I don't hold her at fault. I deserved right. it. And it's ironic, though, because today I've written multiple bestseller books. I've written copy that's generated over a quarter billion in sales. I've been paid as much as $200,000 to write you know, 20 pages um, yeah. of copy for a client. And um, so I was just like the least likely person to do it. But when I went – you know, skip ahead when I went off into college and – I started trying to become an entrepreneur and I started trying to do my own online business. This this like writing thing just bit me back in the butt because I was broke and I didn't have any money, but I needed to write this thing called a sales letter so that it could represent my product that I was trying to sell. Yeah. And I did it and my product failed. And again, I thought, man, it must be my copy. But through the fluke of events, I met someone who eventually ended up mentoring me. And the first thing he offered me when he wanted to mentor me was he said, come work with me. I want to hire you to teach you how to write, copyright. Wow. And I wow. laughed and I laughed. I was like, are you mad? I said, I'd rather stick a knife in my left eye than do that for a living. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. But through his wisdom and through some of my experiences with him and this phrase that he said to me, he said one line, and I want everyone listening to really let this settle in. He said this line because it changed my life forever. And this was when I agreed to finally let him teach me. He said, Anik, every successful business person must be able to sell through the art of the written word. 
Mm. And I thought, what? I didn't understand what he meant, but it sounded so wise. And I eventually found out, by the way, this was the other – there was two reasons. One was this this line he said, right? Every successful business person must be able to sell through the art of the written word. And that was one. The second thing I found out which convinced me was I found out he was the younger brother to Michael Masterson. Wow. Mark, you know, Mark Ford's younger brother, Justin Ford, was begging to mentor me. I thought, who the heck am I? I even if I like or don't like writing, my gosh, I got to take this opportunity. So here's what I want to teach everybody. This was the break. This was the biggest breakthrough I had when I finally took on my position with him. Copywriting or writing, forget about the, the words, forget about the grammar, forget about the creativeness. There, none of that. It's not important. What you need to understand is copywriting is simply a written representation. And a chance to influence someone's thought process. It's a written representation of you. It's an opportunity to to influence someone's thought process. So in the end, if you can follow a simple formula that navigates along the side of how people think and how people make decisions, this gives you the ability to influence people. Whether you are talking to your wife to convince her to let you go on a golfing trip, whether you're talking to your kids to convince them to clean their room, or whether you are talking to a customer or an employee to get them to stay late or to work the weekend, there is a certain series of steps you have to go through that the mind, the human mind responds to. Once you learn that, it doesn't matter what words you use. And that was part where I have really spent the last 15 years, to the degree that Justin Ford now says that I've evolved so far beyond the formula that he taught me that I've literally changed the field of copywriting and made it so much simpler. So I wrote the book because in the end, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to succeed, you can't do it without having the skill of influence. And you don't have to do it the way others are teaching you. It's an outdated model. There's a five-step, simple, psychological, simple, simple, simple system. And that's what I teach. Awesome. And we will explore those five steps in some detail. I don't want to let the entire cat out of the bag because we want you to read his book, but it's really great. And I I want to ask, good copywriting is about creating a powerful narrative. We've got a couple minutes to our break. How do you do that? I know it probably would take you much longer to explain, but in a nutshell, how do you create a powerful narrative? So actually the five steps, that's exactly what they do. When combined together, they literally create a narrative. Remember, a narrative for someone is something that is highly related to what they're thinking already. And there's a power to what you can say to someone's thoughts, not words. So what is your consumer thinking but not speaking out loud? In Mm. that answer lives millions of dollars. And it's a great story. So the five steps combined together, they actually create a narrative. And in the end, Brian, you're absolutely right. It's the narrative that sells. It's not the words. It's nothing. It's the narrative that sells, pure pure and simple. Yeah, and it's not even the pitch at the end that sells. You have to build your story to be powerful enough to where it's just easy to say yes to it. If you're leaning on the pitch to do the sell, you've already lost the sale. Yeah, and, and we'll totally go over that in the five steps. The pitch is completely misunderstood. The pitch is actually the least important part of a sales presentation. Yeah, absolutely. And we are coming up against our next break. This is going so fast, and there is so much more to talk about. We are with Anik Singel. He is here for the second time. His book is called The Silent Salesman, How We Sold a Quarter Billion Dollars Using This Five-Step Copywriting Formula. And if you're curious to know what those five steps are, we are going to talk about that in the next segment. So do not go away. We're going to talk about his favorite conversion story because writing good copy is all about converting into sales. I'm going to ask him how to create your perfect customer avatar. And I'm going to ask him about launches. Is it better to do a free book giveaway? Is it better to do free plus shipping? What is the best way to do a launch? And we'll come right back and talk about all this. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Onyx Singal, and we are talking about his book, and we are talking about all things copywriting. If you've not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave a review. That would mean a lot to me. So, Onyx, I do want to ask, because copywriting, uh, the whole idea of putting your marketing message out there is to convert prospects to sales. So how does conversion happen? So conversions are, are – it's a very simple process, right? It's a process of influence. It's a process of giving someone what they want. Um, I think there's basically two major parts to a conversion. One is getting someone's attention, and two mm-hmm. is keeping their attention. And this goes right back to copywriting. People think – if you were asked, what's a copywriter's purpose? They would say, to sell. And it's completely incorrect. See, sales, they take place on their own. Sales is a byproduct of a – extended conversation. So if you know how to get someone's attention, how do you do that? You say something that will appeal to the thoughts of someone, not necessarily to their words. That's the best way to get someone's attention is to say something you know they're thinking, um, but maybe they don't even want to say. And then how do you keep their attention? But you got to keep saying things that'll keep their attention. And there's a, there's that process. I used my five-step formula to to be able to do that. And that's where you create the conversion is you, you end up presenting something that they innately already want and you build up the value to be so high that they feel massive FOMO, fear of missing out of by not having it. So a combination of give them what they want and then create a great deal that they would feel stupid for missing. Right. So what is your best conversion story? I'm sure you have many. Oh, man, I I have so many. So I could tell you right now, my best one, actually, my favorite one is the recent one that we just did um, because it involves all of them. It's got like, you know, it's got all the glory, all the fun story and bells and whistles. So in January of this year alone, there was a product being launched, an affiliate product that I, you know, I don't really do affiliate promotions much endorsing other people's programs. It's not a big part of our business anymore. used to be. 
and I hadn't done one in almost two plus years and have been kind of out of the game, right? So I had been out of that game and just so hard worked out. There's a perfect product launching that I wanted to get behind. I loved the people behind it, loved the product, had an opening in my window. So, but now the way most people would promote a program is, you know, an affiliate offer. Okay, great. I'll send a few emails. I'll get some people registered for a webinar and then, you know, standard basic, you know, promote, 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 make some money. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. I started planning my promotion seven weeks in advance, and that's how I do things because there's something I want to teach everybody that's listening is the words and everything just doesn't matter. It's all about the narrative and the environment upon which those words are being delivered. So for me, I planned for seven weeks because I knew that I had to pivot the way I was going to be talking to my audience. I had to introduce the topic. I had to build the right bells and whistles in throughout the promotion, the right moments and times to capture their attention, to retain their attention to reignite those whose attention I've lost and had to do it with someone else's program, not my own. And we planned it all out and there was a funnel behind it and a thought process behind it. It was very strategic. Um, I looked at the prizes. I looked at how much money I would be earning. I took a certain amount of it, dedicated it to advertising. And I actually did the math and numbers in such a way that I was guaranteed. And I mean every ounce of what the word guaranteed means. I was guaranteed to not lose money. I could not lose a penny on this. The worst case scenario was I was going to make a little bit of money. The best case scenario was I was going to smash through and make maybe 1.5 million dollars in net um, profit. And that to me really, if I was going to say like a third tip for the question you had asked earlier, which was what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, a lot of people think entrepreneurs are gunslingers. They think they're risk takers. Not not the good ones. I'm not a risk taker. I'm the most strategic calculated person. So this funnel, this thought process, this everything it was super well thought out between the advertising strategy, the email strategy, the actual webinar strategy, the the videos we dropped and when we drop them. Long story short, the thought process behind it was all narrative driven. It was all yeah. copywriting. And in two weeks, we did over $4 million in sales for that affiliate. Wow. That's absolutely brilliant. I love that. Yeah. So in order to zone in on your ideal customer, you have to create a customer avatar. How do you do that? So again, there will be all these worksheets and things that people put out there, right, to create avatars. I like to simplify the process even more. I yeah. literally would close my eyes and I say, who, who am I talking to? So, and in our company, we have so many different programs. And so I have to say, okay, for example, the silent salesman as a book or my copywriting training program, who am I talking to? So I'll close my eyes and immediately the vision of someone who's in their early forties comes to mind. Um, they've tried to start something online now for a year or two. They're they're hardworking. They understand the generic terms of the internet marketing world, but they've been falling a lot. Like they keep trying. They've bought multiple programs. Um, they're successful in their in their field. They're probably working professionals, travel thirty to forty five minutes a day to work, not very happy with it, probably have a couple of kids, have some money, definitely not enough to live their life. They have to save all year for their vacation. Um, they're probably irritable most of the time. And so I literally put myself in this person's pictures. I mean, in, in this person's shoes, what does their day look like? What time do they wake up? What type of TV shows do they probably watch? What do they have for breakfast? Are they married? Um, do they drive to work, take the train to work? Do they have kids? Do they have a lot of debt? Mm. Are they college graduates or where are they living? What kind of house do they live in? Apartment, townhouse, big house, mansion. Wh- who am I talking to? 
And I'm telling you, I get to a place where I can literally walk in this person's shoes. I give myself an actual person and I can start like, what kind of websites do they visit? Are they more of a Gmail user or a Yahoo user? I ask the most ridiculous, crazy questions just for fun because by answering those, I'm forcing myself to really get an idea of who I'm talking to. Once I've got all of that down, I will say this is the part of the exercise and no one ever has taught that I've ever seen taught. I like to write down at least five to ten thoughts that this person has that they're too embarrassed to share publicly. Mm. So these are things they would be thinking, but they won't talk out loud. So I find that if I can, if I can speak to the thoughts that they are having, but that they won't vocalize, I'm going to get their attention and I'm going to retain their attention. That's fantastic. I love that. So let me ask this, and I'm sure you've probably tested this, but when a lot of marketers do promotions, let's just talk about books for a second. Sometimes they do free book giveaways. Other people do free plus shipping. Of course, there's a back end to each. I'm sure you've A-B tested this. What works best in your experience? So I've actually not A-B tested it. And I think the answer to this question is... it's a it's a longer answer it's um okay okay. so i love free plus shipping and i also Mm -hmm. just love giving my stuff away for free as a pdf i have for the last couple years really just pivoted towards just giving away my stuff as a pdf here's why i'm never Mm going to make that much money with books uh books don't make money but messages make money right yeah audiences make money and using books to gather audiences is the best and so for me um when you do, when you do a book, when you give away a book with shipping and handling, there are so many mechanics and operations you have to handle. First of all, you have to deliver the book. You know you're going to go into losses by a significant amount, five to seven to eight dollars per book sold. Yeah. Um, even with upsells and downsells, you're going to go into losses. So you've got that pressure on you to monetize that back. You've got to have your payment processing systems. You're going to have to have your upsells and downsells, and it's just a lot of math and a lot of data. And if you're a senior enough marketer to handle that, good for you, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. How about we just get our content into as many hands as humanly possible, have a program that's a little bit of a higher ticket that you can sell, and let that book get out there. Let the book get into as many hands as humanly possible. Build your brand. Get your message out. And just instead of having seven, six, five programs that you sell in an escalated staircase format, just have one that you sell for a 1000 or $2,000 and – you know, it just keeps things simpler. So I've played with both. I love books. I mean, uh, this year alone, I'll probably release three, if not maybe four books. And that's the other thing. If I'm publishing directly and got to get them printed, then printing costs and warehousing, it's a little bit harder. But when I'm all I'm doing is listing it on Amazon, getting it a digital format, I mean, I can pump books out a lot, lot quicker. And, and really, for me, it's it's a brand building tool. It's a messaging tool. And so it depends on how you want to use your book. I think it yeah. makes a big difference. Awesome. So we've got maybe three minutes to our final break. So let's finally talk about your five-step copywriting formula. All right. Yeah. So definitely won't be able to do it much justice in three minutes, but I can introduce at least really quickly. Um, exactly. Because the, the, the true, the true um, magic behind the five-step formula is understanding the purpose of each of the steps. So here, let me underwhelm you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the five steps are the following. Introduction story, content, transition, pitch. So again, I'll say uh, introduction, story, content, transition, and pitch. And whenever I say that, I always imagine people looking at me and going, really, that's it? This whole build yeah. up for that, you know, five words. Right. And that's that's the thing. 
there's magic behind these because let me tell you this right now. I would be willing to bet pretty much my entire net worth that your understanding of how to use these five steps is completely incorrect. How you do introduction is wrong. How you do story is probably very wrong. How you do content is very wrong, and especially how you do transition and pitch, completely wrong. When you see the purpose and how I deliver that purpose, you're going to have a massive aha moment where you're going to realize not only is it a lot easier, but it's 10 times more effective in the way that we present it. So um, a prime example, right, introduction. Yes. Uh, most people's presentations. Hi, my name is Onyx Ngal. I'm a you know two-time Inc. 500 CEO. I've written blah 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 three times New York Times best-selling author or whatever. And it's like, good for you. Nobody yeah. cares. Literally, right. nobody cares. If you're talking to someone, they do not care who you are. Versus uh, an introduction that starts with. Today, in the next 30 minutes, I'm going to show you five key principles that will double your sales no matter what you're selling and no matter what business you're running. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa. What? Okay, I'm in. And so what's the purpose of an introduction? The purpose of an introduction is what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. So remember, the two purposes of a copywriter is to get to the attention and to retain the attention. So when you can create an amazing open loop and deliver value – in the introduction, they will have committed to staying with you for the rest of the presentation. You've done a large bulk of the selling work right then and right there. So so that that's a prime example, right? And when we come back from break, we can get into – because it gets really fun. When I talk about story, I'm going to tell you yeah. people will have a massive aha moment. Um, and I'll just leave you this. We, we, we use comic books to describe stories. So I'll give you a Batman versus Robin example that you'll never forget on how to tell a great story. I love that. Batman is one of my favorite characters. We are with Anik Singhal. His book is called The Silent Salesman, How We Sold a Quarter Billion Dollars Using This Five-Step Copywriting Formula. And we very quickly said what those were, and we will dive deeper into the formula when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us, and we will come down the stretch. On the other side, this is Success Profiles Radio. You do not want to miss the end of this. It will be awesome. Be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Onyx Singhal. We are talking about copywriting. And before the break, we teased what the five-step copywriting formula is that has generated over a quarter billion dollars in sales for him. It's introduction, story, content, transition, and pitch. We have talked about the introduction. It's very important that you tell your audience what is in it for them. But the story stage is next, and a lot of people mess this up. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so so as you go from introduction, right, and as you go to this the second step, and it's story. A lot of times with story, people will say uh, – a lot of people think a story is about credibility, and I can understand why people would think that. Hey, mm-hmm. I have to make myself sound credible so that they want to buy me or buy from me and mm-hmm. all of that. And actually, they're completely wrong. And really, especially today, in today's day and age, uh, the story's purpose is relatability. Mm. And so the example I use is, Brian, if I came to you tonight and, or today and I said, hey, Brian, what are you doing at 2 in the morning tonight? What would you say? I would be sleeping. Yeah, you'd be sleeping. So I'd say, Brian, that's incredibly selfish of you. I'm really disappointed that you take that time to sleep. You should be out fighting crime. That's what Batman does. And your reaction most likely would be, I'm not Batman. I'm not Batman. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not in the best shape of my life. I'm not a billionaire. I don't have a guy in the lab making me all kinds of doodads I can use to jump off of buildings. And so highly irrelevant, unrelatable, and my point's null and void on the spot. But what I could come to you, Brian, is to say, Brian, tonight instead of sleeping at 2 a.m., could you please meet Batman at the corner of K and 5th? He needs a ride to the other side of the city. I would do that. And then when I saw him, I would ask him, where's your Batmobile? (laughs) Exactly. So the point I'm making is be Robin. And that is something that the only time you're allowed to be Batman in a sales presentation is if you indeed yourself are the product. So if you're selling yourself, be Batman all day long. Because remember one thing, if you sell yourself too much, that's what they want to buy. And so this is a common problem we see with people that are like contractors selling you know, house contracting work. And so you get the person who comes in, they talk to you, you love them, they sell you, and then the first day of the project, they're nowhere around and you're wondering where the heck did they go. And it's their, it's their junior that's doing the work. And this is what happens online. You're trying to sell a course. You're trying to sell information, but you sell yourself so much, no one wants the information. They want you. Mm. And so a great story is always going to be a journey. A journey is a big part of how you create a great story. I, I, my team always jokes about me, and they say that if I get up from my office and simply go to the restroom to pee, I can come back and tell that like it was a tale of, you know, you know, like <laughs> great victory. And it's because I can take them on the journey with me. Now, what I want you to do is change how you tell the journey. I don't want it to be a journey about you. I don't want it to be a journey about once in a lifetime you were born. I want it to be your journey to discovering the thing that you are selling, the system, the product, the service, the solution. And so your journey is highly relevant to what it took, the pain, the hardship, and the little string of luck that it took for you to actually learn what you're selling. And so now what you've actually done is positioned your product and your system as Batman. And so you're making yourself Robin. You're just the fortunate person that has the ability to bring this thing to them. And so now you've positioned yourself in an amazing place of being relatable. I'm just silly old me. you know. I'm just an average person. So notice how today in the interview before I started to talk, I made sure everyone understood D minus writing student, hated English, don't understand the point of it, was the worst person, the last person that should be any good at copywriting. And once I've done that, I feel that I have really been able to explain to someone, listen, you and I were the same. Listen to me. 
Yeah. And now I'm starting to build that relationship of trust, vulnerability, relatability, and we're moving forward in the sales process. And the narrative is building deeper and deeper. And you're getting yeah. to the point where the person you're talking to is asking you questions in their own mind, right? Because they right. feel like they can. Right. And so, I mean, yeah. You, you don't want to be the superhero because people can't relate to you. It's like, I can't, I can't be that. So I, I, I'm sorry, I'm done. Right. So yeah. yeah. It's like, if I started this interview and I said, Brian, I'm a three-time Pulitzer prize, five times New York times bestselling. I have a PhD and a master's in writing from Harvard university. I've written seven of the world's top poems. I'm going to yeah. teach you how to write today. It's really easy guys. Yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like for you, I know that, uh, you know, so, so that's the story. And this is the part where we really start to connect at the subconscious level. And the person really starts to like you, want you, want more of you. Now we move into step number three, which is content. And now yes. if we were talking about this, you know, uh, 20 years ago, someone said content in a sales presentation, are you nuts? And I'd say, yeah, you know, that was horrible back then. You, you, you don't do any content. But today, the, the issue is, Brian, the consumer is a very greedy and selfish consumer with all the ultimate control. So yeah. guess what? Your sales presentation itself has to impress them, has to teach mm -hmm. them, has to give them some aha moments. Write that down. It's very key. Aha yeah. moments. So it's not enough to just present and pitch your services. You don't buy a car without test driving it. Yeah. You know, you don't buy a car without understanding some of its cool things that it has that make you have that aha moment. But more importantly, the true purpose of content, if I ask someone, what's the purpose of content in a presentation? They'd say to teach. And I'm like, great, you would get it. You would fail. If you teach in a sales presentation, you will fail. You will not sell anybody. The true purpose of content, believe it or not, is actually credibility. What we thought was the purpose of story, but it is actually the purpose of content. And I'll give this to you in a story. It makes very sense and you'll remember. So yeah. when I bought my home, um, my wife and I, we moved into our dream home when we were designing the house. I wanted the whole house to be automated. I want everything in the house to be controlled from my phone, you know, from the blinds, the TVs, the sound, the lights, everything, right? Security system. But I knew nothing about it. So I went to Google, typed in for local companies. I filled out their contact us forms completely blind. I have no idea. I know this project is going to be a multi six figure project, a lot of money on the line. Now of the four companies that I opted in for, Two called me, two never even called me. Of the two that called me, one was completely useless, wasn't helping, wasn't answering questions, was simply trying to force to get the appointment. The other one spent 45 minutes with me on the phone and taught me more than I could possibly imagine. Now, with what I learned, I could never do it. He didn't give me the how, he gave me the what. But with that, at the end of the conversation, he actually told me he only does commercial clients. I was too small of a gig. I spent the next three weeks literally begging that person to take a quarter million dollars out of my pocket. Wow. And I won because they had given me so much value, so much aha moments. So the key to convince, the key to convince someone, the key to have credibility is to give them three to five aha moments. I'll give you one more example. This will drive home the point. If yes. I came to you today, Brian, and I said, I am one of the top weight loss experts in the world. I charge a thousand dollars a week, but I can help you lose weight. Here's what we're going to do. Just three things we're going to do. We're going to eat less, move more, and drink some water. Brian? I'll take the thousand dollars now. And you look I at would me and say, say, thank you for the tips. I will try this myself first. <laughs> exactly. But if I came to you and said, Brian, I'm going to show you how to eat whatever you want. We call it the palm method. Second, I'm going to teach you a simple ingredient that not only increases your metabolism, but allows you to drink without even knowing you're drinking. Number three, I'm going to show you a seven minute metabolism boosting routine that every morning will allow you to never have to work out again. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, what are you talking about? 
Mm-hmm. I'm giving you the what? I'm giving you some aha moments. Now, prime example of an aha moment, Atkins diet. When it first came out, this guy says, you can eat as much bacon, beef, and fat as you want and you'll lose weight. And people thought, huh? Yeah. And he had science to back it up. And someone goes, oh, my God, aha. Wow. Instant credibility. So yeah, content is all about getting the content, getting that the um, getting that credibility through teaching them just enough to give them an aha moment to show them you know more than them. Yeah. And that's it. That you leave it at that and you move on to step number four, which is transition. So what's the purpose of transition? The purpose of transition is to answer the why. Because unfortunately, if we've done a great job with step one, two, and three. We've become kind of buddies. You like me. I've done a good job at a subconscious level. We're hanging out. You're like, this is a good guy. He knows his stuff. And all of a sudden now, imagine sitting across the table from a friend of yours and you have to pitch them something and ask them for money. It's uncomfortable. Your friend says, hey, why are you asking me for money? What is this? This is weird. Yeah. So answer the why. It's very important. Why are you about to ask me for money? So in my sales presentations, I don't directly answer it, but it's very straightforward. Hey, listen, to be able to provide you with the amazing service that we're known for, we have a we have a 26,000 square foot physical facility here. We have a team of over 50 people all over the world. We manage a support time of less than three hours, and these are results we've been able to have. And in order to be able to attain that, we charge a simple tuition and a fee for our services. And so that way I present that, the other person thinks, well, sure, of course makes sense. You know, you've never walked into an electronic store to buy a television and the person tells you the price and you go, oh, you're going to charge me? That's ridiculous. Why would you charge me? Because you innately understand physical product, cost of goods, someone made it, there's a cost to it. So with consulting, with coaching, with digital products, you've got to make sure that you have a quick answer to the why. And the Transition is also where the sales presentation is now moving. It's very pivotal, very short, but very pivotal because the sales presentation is now moving from the subconscious mind to the conscious mind. Yes. And the conscious mind is the final factor. So the pitch is where the conscious mind makes a simple decision. So again, let's talk about pitch. If I ask somebody what is the purpose of a pitch, they would tell me to sell a product. And I would say you're wrong. The purpose of a pitch is to confirm the sale, not get the sale, to confirm the sale. Because by the time someone's ready to listen to your pitch, they're already sold. They only have one question in their mind, only one question, how much? Yes. And that means they're already sold. Anyone asking the question of how much is already sold. So your purpose of your pitch is to confirm the sale. How do you do it? By appealing to the raw greed of a human. I have a simple 10x rule. Whatever your price is for the product that you're selling or the service you're selling, the value that you deliver, perceived value, should be a minimum of 10x that price. So as long as the conscious mind thinks that for every $1 I'm giving this person, they're giving me 10 back, you confirm to sale. That is absolutely great. And you teach this in your Conversion Academy. We've got about three minutes till the end. Let us know about that and how we can find you. Yeah. So first and foremost, anyone who wants a copy of my book, it's a download audio and digital. You can get it for free. If you just go and join our Facebook group, you can go to www.silentseller.com 
forward slash FB, F for Facebook, FB, silentseller.com forward slash FB. It'll allow you to join our Facebook group. The minute you join the Facebook group, you get a link. Um, it takes us an hour or two to approve you. You get a link that lets you download my book for free. The other thing is we've got an amazing 21-day challenge. I can turn you into a better copywriter than 80% of the world in 21 days or less, and I'm doing it every day, proven back and forth. Just go to copy c o p y in 21.com so copy c o p y i n the number 2 the number 1.com copy in 21.com and you can join our 21 day challenge there where i will literally make you a master of the steps plus so much more plus all the psychology and consumer behavior that goes into creating a transaction and i'll turn you into a better copywriter than 80% of the world in 21 days or less that is absolutely fantastic and the question i ask everyone at the end who inspires and motivates you my father always and has always and always will be. That is absolutely fantastic. Why is that? Um, my dad grew up in a village with no electricity. Um, he used to have to walk a mile down the road to study under a lamppost. And he worked really hard to get to the place where today he's the head of two nuclear power plants in the United States as a nuclear mechanical engineer. I am where I am because of him. Work ethic, the fight, the, you know, the, 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 what it takes to become number one in anything I do. I get that from him. Fantastic. Anik, thank you for being a brilliant guest once again. It was awesome and amazing to have you here with us to talk about copywriting. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I talk to another world-class expert, learn what they did to succeed, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Thank you for joining us. It's been an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. Stay safe, stay home, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.